bad is the border? Well, my friends, it's so bad that now even the networks are covering it. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And so I have a little bit of knowledge, insight on what's happening with the border. And I tell you, until last night, the networks had moved on. NBC, ABC, CBS, they, they weren't interested. PBS, they weren't interested. Even the cable, CNN, MSNBC, no, no, the border which is right now a catastrophe, the border in which President Biden opened wide. You know, you hear these commentators talking about President Biden must get a hold of the border. He really has a border problem. He has an issue, a problem that needs to be solved. They don't understand. This is not a problem to the Biden administration. This is on purpose. During the elections, uh, the primaries, Biden was asked about open borders. Kamala Harris was asked about open borders. They remained silent. They wouldn't give an answer. Remember back then Biden was saying, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do on the border. I don't want people to pick. It didn't make sense. As president, he, he talked about how we need to have a secure border. And if we didn't have a border, we didn't have a nation. He was actually saying those things. But just like everything else, you can't go with what Biden says. You have to watch the actions. You can't trust anything that's coming out of Biden's mouth. But we knew from the very beginning. From day one. When all of the executive orders were signed, reversing Trump's policies that the Democrats wanted open borders. Plus, if you were listening to President Trump back in 2020, he told you the Democrats want open borders and it's going to lead to a catastrophe. Just because the media has not been reporting on it does not mean that our border isn't a catastrophe. It is. But. Things got so bad last night that even the Nets had to jump on board and start covering it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Things are so bad that even Univision is saying that Border Patrol is going to be overwhelmed, that Border Patrol is fearing, wait for it, a human stampede in Texas. How precarious must the situation be along our border if this is what Univision is saying? Univision is the most pro-open border network in all the land, and they're reporting that border agents are fearing getting caught in a human stampede. Well, who's stampeding? What's changed? Who is it on the border that is creating all of this alarm? Who's creating all of this Chaos. Yesterday we had we had Senator Ted Cruz. Senator Ted Cruz, he didn't even go in for makeup. Uh-uh. He went right under the bridge, yards away from where all of these illegals were gathering in a makeshift town underneath the bridge in Texas. And he filed his report and it was gritty. It was raw. It was riveting. Ted Cruz cut one. Here in Del Rio, Texas, September 16th. From underneath the bridge, behind me, 
10,503 people. This is a crisis that is unfolding. It's a man-made crisis. Just over a week ago, there were fewer than 1,000 people here under the bridge, averaging between 700 and 1,000. Then, on September 8th, the Biden administration made a decision to cancel deportation flights back to Haiti. The vast majority of these illegal immigrants crossing in Del Rio are from Haiti. When they made that decision eight days ago, the 700 to 1,000 people who were here discovered they could stay. They pulled out their cell phones. They called their friends. They called their family. Eight days later, 700 people became 10,500. Eight days. It only took eight days to go from 700 to 10,000. And Senator Cruz spilled the beans. This was a Biden-made crisis. Once again, a decision from the Biden administration has opened up a can of worms, has opened up Pandora's box, has opened up a catastrophe on our own soil. The Haitians. This is a Haitian invasion. We're talking 9,000 men, women, and children in what, eight days? And... Senator Ted Cruz wasn't finished. Senator Cruz, cut two. This is a disaster, and it is a man-made disaster. It is the result of political decisions, and Joe Biden could end this tomorrow by simply following the law and reinstating the deportation flights back. When you have open borders, this is what you have. Let me say to the heroes, the men and women of Border Patrol, who are risking their lives trying to do a job that their political superiors won't let them do. We appreciate your courage. We appreciate your service. This is wrong. This is not humane. This is not compassionate. This is lawless, and it is inviting suffering. Senator Cruz says this needs to end. He's absolutely correct. This is the result of open borders. He's absolutely correct. Border Patrol is in such trouble under such pressure. We're going to talk about Border Patrol a little bit later in the show. I had an agent on the show today, and he talked about things that would make your, 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 your skin crawl. What's happening on the border because of this action, because of what Senator Cruz is talking about. But wait a minute. How did people from Haiti get up to Del Rio, Texas? How, how, how is that possible? I mean, isn't Haiti an island? Yeah, Dominican Republic and Haiti. Haiti, you know, Haiti's on the, like, the right side of the island, I do believe. Ha wait, Haiti's a mess. <laughs> Haiti. Earthquakes, hurricanes, pestilence, Haiti. I don't blame the good people of Haiti wanting to, to leave, wanting to get out of that hellhole. But back to what Senator Cruz said. 
This is man-made. This is a political disaster. This could end tomorrow. But it won't. Because this is what the Biden administration wants. I think far too many people in America can't wrap this around their heads. I think far too many people in America are just absolutely soft and they think that, oh, this is this is the humane thing to do. They think that anybody who wants to come to America should just come, that there shouldn't be any barriers. There shouldn't be any requirements. There shouldn't be any expectations. Far too many people in this country are naive and they don't understand what the Biden administration is doing to people who live along the border. Americans, they don't understand what the Biden administration is doing to small town America. They don't understand the pressure that everyday Americans are being put under because of the decisions coming from the Biden administration. And they don't understand the pure evil that is being unleashed on our border and the spreading into our country. I'm telling you, as someone who lives in Arizona, as someone who used to live 80 miles from the border, as someone who talks to the people who work in law enforcement and border patrol often, the Biden administration is fundamentally changing this country in a way that we just might not be able to make it back from. And once again, please believe me when I tell you that they're doing it to us on purpose. There was a, a Republican uh, congressman who did an interview on CNN. Again, this is last night. Um, this is last night. This is before the networks jumped on board. The only outlet that has been consistently following the catastrophe that is on our southern border is Fox News. When we return, we're going to hear from this congressman and understand how so many Haitians were moved to the United States. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris, filling in for the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm a, a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can listen to me in the morning. Just download the free iHeartRadio app, the Conservative Circus, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Arizona time. Tell you what, it is a pleasure sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. Actually, I was watching Tucker Carlson last night. I was watching the report coming out of uh, out of Texas about the Haitian invasion. And later that show, I saw Jesse Kelly. There's Jesse Kelly. Hey, <laughs> I'm filling in for that guy. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Our nation is being swallowed up. Our nation is being in, invaded. We've had so many things happen to this country in the last eight months under this, under this president. And it's frightening. I have to tell you, when I was watching the news last night, I was a little bit numb. 
Because, as Ted Cruz was describing, you had 700 Haitians under a bridge in Texas. And then a few days later, you got over 10,000. Now we're being told there's going to be another 15 to 20,000 coming. We've got Border Patrol that's overwhelmed. Even the, the, the Spanish stations, even uh, television, television. Univision, I'm sorry, is saying, hey, this is a, they're about to be overwhelmed. There's going to be a human stampede in Texas. What do you mean a human stampede? There's not enough border agents there to, to control the situation. And the situation is so out of control. It, it's so out of control that now it's bleeding. And that's why we have the major networks there. You've got ABC, Good Morning America. They're leading off with the new crisis at the border. Last night, you had NBC Nightly News featuring a report about the record, record migrant surges. More than 200,000 migrants in the last month. What? There's going to be a million migrants. <laughs> Illegals. In this country, in the first year of the Biden administration, this should, should be something that's covered every single day. This should be something that that the media is getting in the face of Democrats about. But they're not. Why? Because we don't have a media in this country. What we have is propaganda. We got half of Fox and the rest of it is propaganda. But I'll tell you what, CNN, they made an awesome mistake, an awesome mistake. They brought on Representative Tony Gonzalez. And I, I want to I'm going to I want you to hear this interview. And I want you to know that the 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 anchor here from the CNN newsroom, he realizes partway through the the interview that he's kind of stepped in it here. And it's gut-wrenching. You know, it's a humanitarian crisis on steroids. You know, over 8,000 migrants under this bridge. It is hot outside. Uh, there, there are only, uh, you know, a handful of porta potties out there. You have children. You have a lot of single uh, males as well. Border Patrol agents are doing everything they possibly can, and they deserve uh, our thanks for that. But this is beyond a breaking point. This is something that needs to be taken seriously now. Time is running out. Everyone is tired. Uh, in South Texas, in Texas in general, we feel abandoned by the administration. Put the politics aside, come together, and let's solve this. Ooh, we feel abandoned by the Biden administration. Put the politics aside. We have a humanitarian crisis here. We don't even have enough porta potties. We're talking third world country underneath a bridge in Texas. We're overwhelmed. We feel abandoned by the Biden administration. Something has to be done. This is not about Republican or Democrat anymore. Representative Tony Gonzalez, he's up close and personal. He sees towns being overrun just in the same way we've seen towns overrun here in Arizona. We see Border Patrol just dropping people off and driving away. In small towns that don't have the capacity to take care of these individuals. And what are they supposed to do? They've just been dropped off. They don't speak English. They don't have anywhere to go. 
So what are they going to do? They're going to go into neighbors' homes. Oh, I could tell you stories. But it's not about Arizona right now. Let me go back to Representative Tony Gonzalez because he's laying out the problem on CNN. Tony Gonzalez cut two. So you say that the border agents are doing the best they can. And as the mayor uh, said there, that they are uh, these migrants are coming and just waiting to be detained. What resources are being offered for the people there as they're they're waiting for these border agents? Now, hold on. Stop yeah, the tape, please. Hold, stop the tape, please. What resources are being offered to these people as they're, as they're waiting? You see, here's where here's where he's trying to get control of the narrative again. What resources are being provided? What do you mean? What resources? See, if he was being true and being honest, now that he's finding out, you know, that this whole thing was caused by Joe Biden, shouldn't the question be what resources is the Biden administration providing? Why is it that Joe Biden gets to drop people off? Why is it that Joe Biden gets to bring 120,000 Afghanis over here who are, we, we owe nothing to leaving the Americans and the Afghans who we do owe something to behind? Why does he get to just to drop them off at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin, drop them off at different bases that are not equipped for them? This is demonic. This is using human beings as pawns. This is screwing over the American people. All right, let's go ahead and finish this clip. Yeah, it's like a flash mob. You know, imagine, uh, you know, every bulk of bulk of these migrants are Haitians as well. And what has happened is they've encouraged other Haitians to make this this trek to Del Rio because in their minds, Del Rio is wide open. So you've got thousands of migrants that have just kind of an organized chaos, if you will. You know, uh, Border Patrol agents are giving out numbers. Uh, these migrants are taking those numbers and they're waiting their turn in order to be processed. But, you know, there's 8,000, over 8,000 under the bridge, but there's another 2,000 that are being processed. This is, Del Rio does not have the capacity to handle this situation. Over the course of this year, over 233,000 migrants have passed through Del Rio. Okay, here we go, here we go. This is this is where we are. We are running out of time, and we are got, I'll tell you what, we're going to pick this up on the other side. James C. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. I am a I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. I have a talk show in the mornings here. And I also have a podcast called Color Commentary with James C. Harris. You can download it anywhere you get your podcast or go to the free iHeartRadio app. I'm telling you, my latest podcast is about this issue. It's about the invasion on our border. We have the Haitians that are invading. How are they doing it? I mean, isn't, you know, Haiti like an island? Dominican Republic, Haiti? How come they're not going over to the Dominican Republic? I mean, things are pretty good in the Dominican Republic. You can just tear down the fence and go over there. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Somehow, they're getting to America. And they're doing it quite quickly. Remember on the, the Trump administration, we were told about the caravans. All of these desperate people coming up from Central America on a long trek, a long, dangerous journey. People are willing to sacrifice their lives to get to America. They're walking all this way. But then when you see them at the border, they're supposed to be walking for like a couple of months. They're supposed to be like, you know, scrounging for food. And these people are fat. 
I'm sorry, they are. That was the first tell. They didn't lose weight. They weren't in shape. They were looking raggedy, but they looked well fed. This is an operation, a well-funded operation. Ted Cruz, he let the cat out of the bag. He talked about the Haitians that were underneath the bridge. What did they do when they found out that the United States was no longer deporting them? Wait a minute. The Biden administration is no longer deporting them. It used to be like a thousand. Now nobody. Well, they got on their cell phones. Yeah. The poor Haitians have cell phones and they talk to their relatives back in Haiti saying, come on over. The getting is good. The doors open. They're not deporting. Within a week, it went from seven to eight hundred, a thousand people to ten thousand. And we're being told 15 to 20,000 more are coming all under that bridge in Del Rio. And the Biden administration has been silent on it. Silent. We have Congressman Tony Gonzalez. He went on CNN. And quickly, the the anchor over there, CNN newsroom, he lost control of the conversation because because you had Tony Gonzalez who was laying down the truth, facts, eyewitness and laying the blame at the feet of the Biden administration that created this new humanitarian crisis where they don't have enough porta potties. They don't have enough food. There's a danger that the. The Haitians are going to storm the wall and overwhelm our border control. How did the Haitians get here? Representative Tony Gonzalez cut three. The question is, why Del Rio? Do they come across um, into uh, southern Mexico and then walk north? Or are they coming to the Texas border? What's the path of the Haitians who are coming to Del Rio? It's a great question. Why Del Rio? And the bottom line is that you have different cartels that, that operate on different sides of the border. The cartel that operates on, on the, the side across from Del Rio is going to Haiti and they're recruiting Haitians in particular. And, and what they've done is they've become very efficient at this process. And instead of folks walking across uh, Mexico that used to take 22 days, they are now busing people directly to the source. So that has increased the amount of, uh, of folks that are coming through as well. What also caused this problem, this really uh, ignited a few days ago. And when I, when I visited today, I was very pointed, hey, what caused this? What caused this is, is DHS, Department of Homeland Security, uh, canceled flights uh, that were supposed to expel migrants back to their country of origin, around six of these flights. And that was about a thousand migrants that then had to be reprocessed. Uh, and, and that's caused this backlog. We have to reopen, uh, uh, it's called the repatriate, repatronization program. That has to happen. Folks that do not qualify for asylum must be sent back to their country of origin. Okay. Thank you very much, Representative Tony Gonzalez. Different cartels. We have cartels recruiting Haitians. The cartels are bringing them over to Mexico instead of having them walk 22 days. We're busing them right to the source. And this was sparked because Biden's DHS canceled these flights that were deporting Haitians. So they got on the telephone and said the coast is clear. Wait a minute. They didn't have to do this. 
The Biden administration probably told the cartels the coast is clear. But you're telling me, according to this, that the Biden administration is colluding with the cartels? Wait a minute. Different cartels. See, you got one cartel that is bringing them over. And I, I, I suspect another cartel is, is, is transporting them to the border. This is insane. And once again, the Biden administration is doing it to us on purpose. The Biden administration purposefully less left thousands of Americans in Afghanistan and our supporters are Afghan supporters. And they willingly flew over 120 Afghans. We don't even know who they are. They haven't been vetted. And now he's doing the same thing with the Haitians. What are we watching? Are we watching Cloward and Pivens, the, 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 the actions that what socialists take, Marxists take when they want to overwhelm a system, where they want to overwhelm a social system? Is that what we're watching? Don't tell me that this is humanitarian. Don't tell me. There are too many people who are dying in route. And I'm not talking about the Haitians. I'm talking about the hundreds of thousands of other people that are making their way up the hard way. These are the same Democrats that were crying and whining and moaning under the Trump administration. You're tearing babies away from their mother's arm. You're putting children in cages. Look at what Biden is doing. They're not even in cages. They're under a bridge in Texas. Oh, this interview was out of control. The truth is getting out. So I want you to listen to this reporter from the CNN newsroom, how he's going to try to put a put a, a cap on this, try to put a coat on this, try to get the narrative back. And kudos to Representative Tony Gonzalez because he was smooth as he kept putting it right back where it should be. Tony Gonzalez, cut for it. Well, Congressman, two things. Of course, we know that the earthquake was recently there uh, in Haiti. And Mm -mm. stop it. Wait, wait, stop the tape. Earthquake in Haiti. Recently, we got an earthquake. Oh, here we go. Here we go. A humanitarian disaster. Oh, we had an earthquake. We had political unrest. Oh, no mention of the cartels. No mention of the corruption, the collusion. No. Now we have CNN trying to create a narrative that's going to make the American hearts bleed. Cut for. Well, Congressman, two things. Of course, we know that the earthquake was recently there uh, in Haiti and um, conditions deteriorated dramatically. There's also a political crisis there uh, after the assassination uh, of the, the president. Um, and, and we know that asylum is protected under national and international law. But, of course, one must qualify uh, for that. Um, Congressman Tony Gonzalez, uh, thank you so much for uh, explaining what you saw when you were there under the bridge. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And to your point, we absolutely have a political process for legal immigration, legal asylum. What we're seeing right now is illegal immigration. And that's the last thing that we want on our borders. Texans feel abandoned by the Biden administration, and it has to stop now. Again, Congressman, asylum, people who come and seek it. 
that is protected under law, internationally <laughs> and domestically. And we'll see if that asylum is granted. Again, got to move on. Here, but I thank you for your time. Oh, oh, asylum. He's trying to play this asylum angle. Of course, you know, the congressman, there is a asylum. Yeah, yeah, I know that, Mr. CNN. Don't try to be as dumb as Don Lemon. I understand that. But this is illegal. We have rules set up for legal immigration. This is illegal. It gets worse. This Border Patrol agent. He works out of the Tucson sector in Arizona. And as a result of what's happening in Texas with the Haitians, he explained today what is going on in Arizona. You're going to want to hear this. James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. Jesse Kelly returns next. James T. Harris is my name, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on my social media if you like. James T. Harris Media is the Facebook page. Uh, James T. Harris uh, at uh, Instagram. And then, you know, as far as Twitter goes, Twitter can kiss my... Well, you know, I am on Twitter, James T. Harris, but not a whole lot because they're the ones that started all of this craziness. It's to the point where even if you report honestly on the on the border crisis from the ground, of course, you can get censored for any and everything if you're a conservative. I have friends who work at Border Patrol, and I spoke to one of them on my on my show in Phoenix today. His name is Art Del Cuarto. He is the vice president of the National Union. He also has a podcast called The Green Line. And uh, he told me some information today, told my audience information that was downright frightening. Of course, the Biden administration is mandating that all Border Patrol agents get vaccinated. And there are a, a sizable number of Border Patrol agents that are refusing to, to get the poke. That's going to thin out the Border Patrol. As a matter of fact, he told my audience that it is the administration's goal to eliminate 600 positions when it comes to Border Patrol. Wait a minute. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Wait a minute. We have open borders. We don't have enough Border Patrol as it is. And you're telling me that the administration purposefully wants to eliminate 600 positions? This vaccine mandate is a, a real problem. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. But for Border Patrol, well, this is getting to be a crisis. And the administration, uh, Border Patrol, has moved uh, a couple of hundred uh, uh, Border Patrol agents from the Tucson sector down to Del Rio to help out with the Haitian crisis. And that has created gaps, gaps for the cartels. So now we're, we're expecting for sex trafficking to increase in the gap, human trafficking in the gap, and fentanyl, which is ravishing, just absolutely tearing through our culture, killing our kids. Fentanyl coming through the gap. Our Del Cueto from Border Patrol then really, really, started to scare us as we started to find out that 
the the migrants, the illegals that are coming across the border, of course, they're not being immunized. They're not being vaccinated. They're not even being checked. All of that malarkey that you're hearing from the Biden administration is just that malarkey. They're not checking anybody. They're not checking Afghans, Afghans who are coming over here. They're not giving them COVID shots. But it seems like COVID is the least of our problems. These border agents are being exposed to whooping cough, mumps, measles, polio. He said that the illegals are just coming in and then they're being registered and then they're being transferred to wherever they want to go in the country. And they're taking these diseases that are rare in America because we've eradicated them. Now they're being reintroduced through the Biden. Through the Biden border policy. This is, this is uh, truly the Biden administration. Again, they're doing this to us on purpose. Mumps, measles, polio. And, and, and what else? See, there used to be a time when you would come to immigration. You know, we talk about Ellis Island. We talk about and you, you see the lines of the immigrants coming over here and they're being tested. And if they're sick, if they got something, put them back on the boat, send them home. Not now. Now we're just bringing them open, just bringing them here with all of their maladies. The Border Patrol is overwhelmed. Univision is right. They're the ones that were saying Border Patrol's overwhelmed fears human stampede in Texas. But it sounds like this is what the Biden administration wants to create across our southern border. Because the leader, leadership of Border Patrol, the Biden administration, they're not helping the, the, the men and women boots on the ground at all. As a matter of fact, they're trying to discourage them from doing their job. This is a disaster. This doesn't have to be. And it's no longer a message of saying, Biden came in and then with executive order, he reversed the Trump policy and now this thing's out of control and they need to address it. No, you saw what happened when they appointed Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris. She, she didn't even bother, didn't even try, didn't even pretend because she knows that this was all part of the plan from the very beginning without a doubt and very little hesitation. So let's sum things up. In the last few weeks, we have watched the Biden administration abandon Americans and leave our allies in Afghanistan. We've seen the Biden administration bring 120 people from Afghanistan and dump them all over America. And now we see the Biden administration opening up the border to people from Haiti. He doesn't like this country very much. He doesn't like you. Now, at the top of the hour, I'm going to talk about the war that the Biden administration is conducting on red states, on states like Texas and te states like 
Florida, and people like you. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. I am having a ball sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. It's my honor to, to fill in for him. I am a radio, I'm a talk show host out of, out of Phoenix, Arizona. I do radio. We also do podcasts as well. You can find my show uh, by downloading the free iHeartRadio app. And you'll find the Conservative Circus. You can find a Color Commentary with James T. Harris. You can go there or wherever you find your podcasts. We have had a wild and wacky week. We have seen the true colors of the Biden administration. I'm not trying to even sugarcoat stuff any, anymore. The American people, even those delusional folks who voted for Biden, did not vote for this. They did not vote for high inflation. They did not vote for energy dependence. They did not vote to be humiliated in Afghanistan. They did not vote for open borders. Oh, you have some wacky lefties, some socialists who actually believe in that. But these folks who ran to the poll because they didn't like orange man bad and they wanted civility and they wanted peace and, and harmony. Kumbaya, my love. They didn't, they didn't vote for this. Joe Biden said that he was going to bring the country together. He was supposed to be the great uniter. Remember? Nothing will ever be the same after that September the 9th speech, which was the most divisive speech that any president ever delivered to a country, where he purposefully, purposefully pitted people who had been vaccinated against people who had not been vaccinated. What is that? That's where we are in the country today. That's where the Biden administration and the CDC and Dr. Fauci and the TV set, that's where they have us. At odds with each other. Because you have one faction out there that is believing everything the TV tells them about, about COVID. And so they want the shot. And you have some people out there who are a little bit hesitant. Who have watched Dr. Fauci lie and lie and lie and they don't they don't trust them it's been called the COVID is the uh, supposed to be the, the the pandemic of the unvaccinated and now everything coming out says that it's just the opposite that it's the pandemic of the vaccinated I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of this but 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 you're seeing a whole lot of wackery going on right now you're seeing the numbers come out of Israel, the numbers coming out of Great Britain. Israel is the most vaxxed country in the world, and they've had the highest rate, the highest cases of COVID since the whole thing began. How do you explain that? First, we watched the CDC and the NHS uh, watch the virus ravage China, and they did nothing. Next, they told President Trump that it was a xenophobic, xenophobic move to stop travel from China. 
Next, they told us that the virus was not transmitting from human to human. Remember that? (laughs) Wrong. Next, they changed without reasoning the reporting requirements for potential deaths associated with the virus to guarantee a higher death rate in the United States for a period of time in 2020. If it died, it died of COVID. They told us to shut down the country for two weeks to slow the spread. Remember that? They told us that a vaccine was impossible to develop in less than a year. Remember that? They push mask mandates with no science to back it up. They supported crazy ideas like mandatory masking outdoors, no swimming in public pools, and and wearing a mask in your own home. This is the stuff that was given to us by Dr. Fauci and the CDC, the so-called experts. Then we get to the real wackery. The very people who were anti-vaccine under the Trump administration are now gung-ho, so gung-ho that they want to force you to comply. And if you don't, then you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your livelihood. You're going to lose access. You're going to lose the right to travel. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go to gyms. Once again, we had the Democrat Party ushering in a new era of segregation. That's what Democrats do. That's what they're famous for. This is the new Jim Crow. Oh, they want to say that voting rights is Jim Crow 2.0. If you need to show some ID to vote Jim Crow 2.0, right? But these are the same Democrats that now want to see your papers so that you can participate in society see showing your papers to vote to prove that you are who you are well that's racist but when the left wants to see your papers well that's okay and it doesn't matter if you don't like it you're going to do it anyway and what do you do when you get a president who says you know my patience is growing thin with this What do you do when you get a president who just a couple of months ago said, I'll never issue a a, a mandate, then turn it around and issue some mandate? (laughs) What do you do with the president who says, you know, we're going to increase shipments? You know, actually, I have I have uh, Joe Biden saying this. Uh, Give me cut three. Tonight. I'm announcing we will increase the average pace of shipment across the country of free monoclonal antibody treatments by another 50%. Wow. I will increase shipment of the free monoclonal antibody. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. He said he was going to do it. But then yesterday came the announcement that they're going to stop shipping it out primarily to Florida. Well, well, why? What did Florida do? And of course, these treatments, they've gone a long way to help a lot of people. And Governor DeSantis has been using it for a while. You see, Governor DeSantis in Florida, Governor Abbott over there in Texas, 
You got Christy Nome in South Dakota. They didn't follow the same, you know, COVID route as the other blue staters. They didn't do the same thing as California and and New York. They're doing much better than other states because they remained more open than other states. They also were using inexpensive drugs to to help their their citizens get through COVID. They weren't a one trick pony. It wasn't all masks and social distancing and vaccines. Therefore, they must be punished. And that's exactly what this move was. To, oh, we're going to increase by 50 percent. Then we're not going to give it to Florida. Jen Psaki was questioned. Why is Biden cutting antibody treatments for Florida? Cut four. He promised on September 9th that he was going to send 50% more supply of monoclonal antibodies to states. Yet, the Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50%. So, for example, uh, you know, in Florida, they were expecting to get 70,000 doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting 30,000 doses. And this is not just for unvaccinated people. In South Florida, half the people who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. So, why is the Biden administration cutting these supplies? That's not accurate. So let me give Ooh. you the accurate information. Okay, come on with it. Uh, first of all, we are increasing our distribution this month mm -hmm. by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. Now mm -hmm. we're shipping an average of 150,000 doses per week. Okay. Over the last month, though, uh, and one thing that I think people need to understand for clarity, facts, I know, I know you're like facts, um, is that monoclonal antibodies are life-saving therapies that are used after infection oh, to prevent really? more severe outcomes. Oh, 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 now we have Dr. Jen Psaki telling us how to use these treatments. We have Dr. Jen Psaki, who's just repeating the same information that the reporter was aware of. But the reporter asked, is why is Biden cutting antibody treatments from Florida? She didn't get to it in the first part of this question, but she does in the second part of the question. And Jen Psaki's answer is very, very revealing. The war is against the states. I'm James C. Harris, sitting in for The Jesse Kelly Show. James C. Harris, sitting in for The, Kiss, the Jesse Kelly Show. It is my pleasure to be doing this. It's just so fun to talk to you all about the issues of the day. I am a talk show host in Phoenix, Arizona. If you want to check out uh, my gig, all you need to do is download the free iHeartRadio app. You can find me there. My show is called The Conservative Circus, Monday through Friday, 6 till 10 in the AMAZ time. Or you could check out my podcast, uh, Color Commentary. With James C. Harris, and we're talking about issues today that have Americans very, very nervous. We're talking about an administration that is conducting war on the American people. I'm talking about the Biden administration. And please, for one moment, don't, don't, don't you think that I believe that Biden is actually in charge? He is the face of the oligarchy that is trying to fundamentally transform this country. But the warfare is now open from the unconstitutional um opening of our border, uh, the dereliction of uh, his sworn uh, pledge to to uphold the Constitution. To the chess, chess 
horrifying, embarrassing, deadly withdrawal from Afghanistan and lying every single every which way about it and the Americas left behind. But what we're seeing with the Biden administration and their COVID response, well, this is like a civil war. This is an administration going against states, going against governors that are not towing the line. It is amazing what we're watching. Biden has cut off Republican states' supply of an important COVID treatment. Just cut it off. From the beginning, Democrats have used COVID to gain control over Americans. They've been uninterested in treatment and have focused entirely on locking Americans up and now forcing a very new, minimally tested and remarkably ineffective vaccine on them. Now, we do have a few Republican-run states that have taken a different approach. They tried to protect the vulnerable. And now that the monoclonal antibody drugs seem to stop the virus in its tracks, they've been increasing citizens' access to that treatment. But Biden has responded by rationing these drugs so that the states that want them get fewer doses than citizens desire. Why? What reason, what earthly good reason for this? If you found something that works and that's inexpensive, why? And the government, I mean, the government, they're giving it out for free, right? Well, the government that giveth can take it away. And that's what they did. But Jen Psaki, the press secretary for the White House, was called on the carpet. Why is Biden cutting antibody treatments for for Florida? And when she answered, she just ended up repeating things that we already knew that the government was supposed to be increasing, according to Biden, the free shipments. But for some reason, they cut back on primarily red states and particularly specifically Florida, Jen Psaki, part two. So clearly the way to protect people and save more lives is to get them vaccinated so that they ooh, don't ooh. get uh, the COVID to begin with. But over the last month, given the rising cases due to the Delta variant mm-hmm. and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70 percent of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states across the country. Do you equitable reports of a, a, a lack of supply? So why cut them to those states only? If there's no, mm. I think our role as the as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. Equitable. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma, nor do I think are you suggesting that? I think we have to move on. That's so stupid. Uh, what happens if Florida has more people living in it than Oklahoma? <laughs> what, what, what is this equitable? See, here we go. Here we go with the woke talk. We have to be equitable. We're in control of supply, so we'll decide who gets it. But listen, listen to just how just evil this is. We have something that's working. And then Jen Psaki comes out and says, no, we, this is not supposed to be used until you get. No, no, no. The vaccine obviously is not working as advertised. 
Florida has gone in a different direction, and Florida's direction has found that using these treatments have been very successful. And so what does the Biden administration does? It limits the treatments. Why? To punish Florida. In the same way, he is punishing Texas by bringing in all of these Haitians. He's punishing Florida because they did a good job with dealing with COVID because they proved that it's not all about the vaccination. And Joe Biden, he even goes further. He's saying, you know, you governors, you governors that are not mandating a vaccine. Well, you're putting people's lives in danger. Joe Biden cut nine. The governors of Florida and Texas are doing everything they can to undermine mm-hmm. the life-saving mm-hmm. requirements. Stop the tape, stop the proposed. tape. The governors of Florida and Texas, they're not even trying to be subtle about it, are they? They're all in your face. We didn't talk about the governors of New York who has the blood of about fifteen to 20,000 people on his hands because he put people recovering from COVID in nursing homes. We're not talking about the governor of Michigan who did something similar. We're not talking about the hapless, well, maybe not hapless, but ridiculous governor of California. We're not talking about the governor of Arizona, the governor of South Dakota. No, no, no. Joe Biden calls out Texas and Florida. Gee, I wonder why. Joe Biden cut nine. Texas are doing everything they can to undermine the life-saving requirements that I proposed. <laughs> Wait, and stop the, the tape. Same stop the tape. The, the, the life-saving requirements that I have proposed. Who are you, sir? Who are you to be making medical decisions for anybody? Have you had your physical yet, uh, uh, President Biden? Have you had your, your, your cognitive test? The medical decisions you decided? This is just ridiculous, patently ridiculous kabuki theater. President Biden. Cut nine. Governors attacking me are in states with the strictest vaccine mandates for children attending school in the entire country. For example, in Mississippi, children are required to be vaccinated against measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, hepatitis B, polio, tetanus, and more. These are state requirements. But in the midst of a pandemic that has already taken over 660,000 lives. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. Joe Biden is being ridiculous. Oh, we've had vaccines in the past, so now we must trust this vaccine, even though it's not stopping, but it says it stops. We're going to get DeSantis' response on the other side. It's beautiful. James C. Harris, sitting in for The Jesse Kelly Show. James T. Harris, that is my name, sitting in for Jesse Kelly. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I am just having a fantastic time talking to you. Why? I got to get it off my chest. I have to get this off of my chest. I see what's going on here. Nobody voted for this. We didn't vote for civil war. We didn't vote for an, an adult old cook to be conducting a war using his office, or as the young folks like to say, using his platform to divide the nation. Everything we've been told is a lie. 
He's divided the nations. He's humiliated our military, humiliated our country on the world stage. He's taken us from energy independence to dependence. Here we are in the position, once again, where we're begging OPEC to, to produce more oil. And they're saying, no, I almost forgot who OPEC was because of the Trump administration. We have wide open borders. We have disease and pestilence flowing through. We have a surge, an invasion of Haitians in Texas. And we have the president of the United States calling out by name the governors of two red states. He wants to discipline them. He's saying that governors who oppose vax mandates are putting lives at risk. He, in one sentence, in one point, he said, oh, yes, we're going to uh, we're going to increase the supply of important COVID treatment. But not for you, Texas and Florida even though you were the states that were the laboratory that to experiment with this and shows that it works, we're not going to give it to you. Well, you know what? Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, he ain't no punk. I want you to listen to this because he actually explains this is a governor, unlike many other governors, both from red and blue states, who was involved in the process, who understands the science, who had doctors that he consulted with, not the quacks from the CDC. He actually knows how this goes. And when the Biden administration tried to pull the rug off from under DeSantis's feet, he, he's still standing. And as a matter of fact, he saw this as a challenge. And just like President Trump, Ron DeSantis ain't no punk. Cut 22. Uh, we are very, very concerned uh, with the Biden administration and the HHS's recent abrupt sudden announcement that they are going to dramatically cut the number of monoclonal antibodies uh, that are going to be sent to the state of Florida. Just last week, on September 9th, President Joe Biden said that his administration would be increasing shipments of monoclonal antibodies in September by 50 percent. And yet, on September 13th, HHS announced that it was seizing control of the monoclonal antibody supply and that it would control distribution. And then on September 14th, the announcement was more than 50 percent of the monoclonal antibodies uh, that had been used in Florida uh, were going to be reduced. So this is a dramatic reduction. And I'd say it's doubly problematic because what, what Shane Strom and folks in Tampa General and these other hospital systems that have been doing this, they're not getting it from the state. Uh, they, they get it. It's drawn down from it had been a Marisource Virgin. So they get that. Uh, and then when they need more, they request more, they do it. No. No. So he has his whole system set up. He's in contact with the hospitals. He's explaining how they get these treatments. And it doesn't necessarily all come from uh, the from the federal government, but it's a big help. But now you have the administration that's trying to throw a monkey in the wrench. You're, you have. Wait a minute. You have the administration that's actually trying to harm. Citizens in Florida. Why? 
Well, because the Biden administration is saying it's our way or the highway. The Biden administration wants a shot in every arm. They don't really give a hot damnation. What we the people want, what, what the people in Florida want, Governor Ron DeSantis. Cut 22, part two. What the HHS and the Biden administration is now doing is they're saying that all of the reduced amount will go to the state and we're responsible not only for sourcing our sites, which we're happy to do, but any infusion center, any provider, any hospital will have to come through the state. And to just spring this on us starting next week, we're going to have to do that. There's going to be a huge disruption and patients are going to suffer as a result of this. And so we're going to work like hell. Uh, to make sure that we can overcome the obstacles uh, that HHS and the Biden administration are putting uh, in, in us. They say they're, they're cutting it because of equity. Well, look, the South has had higher prevalence uh, this summer. That will shift. And then as more states and other parts of regions need it, we understand that. But part of the reason we've used a lot is because I have made it a priority in the state of Florida. It had not been a priority at the federal government level for months and months and months. Yeah. And and it's a priority. But did you hear what he said? It's going to work like hell. They're going to find an end around. He's found another company to to uh, buy, to purchase a similar treatment from. And you know what? It should be in the state's hands. No carrot and stick here. We have a governor who's taking care of his own state. Isn't that refreshing to hear? Isn't it refreshing to hear a governor who's standing up for his own people instead of carrying the water of the Biden administration? Isn't it refreshing to, to, to have a governor that's going to give his citizens options instead of demanding a mandate? Isn't it wonderful to have a governor that absolutely celebrates the liberties that we have from the Constitution given to us from God that the Constitution is supposed to protect these liberties from government. And you have so many governors that have conveniently forgotten that. Not Ron DeSantis. Keep your eye on this one. I'm telling you. He knows where the I's are dotted and he knows where the where the T's are crossed. Now, this, this atmosphere that has been created by the Biden administration, this atmosphere that has been created by by Democrats, it is coming under attack as well. Because you have a lot of people out there that are seeing that half the country, primarily blue states and their their citizens are afraid that their, their people are living in fear. How do we get to this point? How do we get to the point where you have folks who are afraid to go shopping? You have fro- folks who are, are afraid unless they do everything that the CDC says. Bill Maher, comedian from HBO. He's one of those comedians out there that's actually funny because he hasn't given in to the woke community. He hasn't given in to wokeness. And he is a libertarian. He is a lefty, leans left. But he's one of those voices out there that's really breaking through and calling on people to stop being afraid. As a matter of fact, he went on the Jimmy Kimmel show 
and said Jimmy Kimmel straight. Jimmy Kimmel used to be funny when he was a comedian, but he became woke, and now his his TV talk show is like every other late-night talk show. It's all propaganda. All propaganda. We are going to listen to the wit and wisdom of Bill Maher in the next segment. We're also going to get examples of how COVID porn has just drove people absolutely crazy. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to life as it was before before the pandemic. But if we do, it's going to be because of brave people like Bill Maher and a certain rapper out there that we're going to talk about next hour. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, this whole atmosphere that we're living through is sort of surreal. It's like a an episode of, of The Walking Dead. At least it has been at times. You see people who are just controlled by their fears. You have people who are still afraid to, to go out and do things. You have people who are wearing masks. You see them, they're wearing a mask while they're riding their bike down the street. They're the only person in the car and they're wearing a mask. At this stage of the game, I mean, even Dr. Well, let me not go down there. Here's the deal. There are a few people who are out there (laughs) who are trying to shake people loose. One of them is the comedian Bill Maher. I got to tell you, I'm not a fan. But 90% of the time, he is he's on to something. I should say 10% of the time he's on to something. 90% of the time he's still entertaining and thought provoking. He was on with Jimmy Kimmel who has stopped being funny for a very long time, whose show is pure politics and propaganda. It was bold for Bill Maher to go on this show, and it was bold for Bill Maher to call him out, to call the audience out, to call Americans who live in blue states out cut six. I have to cite a a survey that was in the New York Times, which is a liberal paper, so they weren't looking for this answer. But... They were talking about, uh, this, the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm-hmm. And Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. Hmm. 41% of Democrats, and the answer is between 1% and 5%. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh-huh. because it's much harder for every touring act to sell tickets in blue states. Oh, interesting. They're afraid to go out of the house. I see. Whereas in red states, it's all good to go. Uh-huh. So I just want to say to those people in <laughs> San Rafael and Pittsburgh and New York, I ain't going to give it to you. I you know. promise, I, you know, it's safe. We, we're doing everything we can. There's distancing, there's masking. Uh, and enjoy, live life. You did get it in Embrace May. life. Selfish reasons? Selfish reasons? Bill Maher, 
is talking about the fear factor and he's putting it right at the feet of the media that has been scaring people with their fear porn covering COVID, covering variants, talking about, you know, cases. Last year, deaths, they had a counter ticking away. People terrified. How do you get over terror? Well, Bill Maher says, you go to blue states, we can't sell any tickets. Red states, they're just carrying on with life. Blue states are locked down still in their minds. Red states, they're open and they're free. We have a divided America. Bill Maher, part two. You did get it. I got it after I was vaccinated. You got it after you were vaccinated, right. And you didn't, you wouldn't. And I had no symptoms. That may be because I was vaccinated, but. Let's not even get into that, because I know you and your boyfriend, Howard Stern, are, are very paranoid about this. But it's it's a little weird that I got it after. But now many, many, many people have had the same situation. Yes, We've, I yeah. know people but very we, well. Who we have. do. Look, bottom line is we know if you're vaccinated, you almost never die from it. So. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of fear in the air in general. You don't want to be caught applauding something that might be controversial. Oh, I oh, could oh. give a Jimmy Kimmel, you don't want to be applauding for something that's controversial. He doesn't know what to do with this. The audience really doesn't know what to do with this. He brought up the fact that you had uh, Howard Stern, who was going crazy over this. And why was Howard Stern going crazy? Because Joe Rogan, who was the biggest podcaster in the world, got COVID, but did not get the vaccination. What he did was he used, uh, uh, he used different treatments. And one of them was ivermectin and oh my gosh everybody's against ivermectin in the same way they were against yeah hydroxychloroquine you had howard stern out there big fat lefty telling joe rogan to go blank yourself he's saying he was an anti-vax blank head go home and die good god almighty man the fear, the anger, the loathing of people who are not getting vaccinated is not natural. I even go so far as to say it's demonic, but it's all over the place and has people locked down. And all Bill Maher's doing is calling it out. Bill Maher, part three. Do you think we're ever going to, there's ever going to be a time where we, do you think it's possible even that we can come together? Well, I, you know, that's a great question. And to me, one of the keys to that is to stop talking about it. Ooh. Stop talking politics. When I was a kid, you may remember the same thing. People didn't talk politics all the time. There was no Facebook. You know, Facebook should go back to being what it should be. Humble brags, cat videos, <laughs> finding out who from high school is gay, fat or dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but instead, <laughs> Instead, it's people arguing with some kid you went to third grade with about Brett Kavanaugh. Uh -huh. <laughs> you want to know how to heal America? Shut up. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Stop talking politics all the time. Stop trying to convince people. It's a big country with lots of people who don't think like you, no matter what side you're on, and you're not going to convince them. Just accept it like you do in a relationship. <laughs> you know, it's just genius. And you, you could hear Jimmy Kimmel's nervous laugh because all he does anymore is politics. And the guest on his show is telling him to just shut up talking politics. Let's get back to living. 
But if you get the the comedians, if you get the entertainers, if they give up politics, they lose their power. The, the entertainers, well, they're part of the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. They'll lose their power. There is one entertainer out there, though, who has clearly broke through. And you may not know that much about her because I doubt very seriously if you listen to her music. I don't. I I can't. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about the war that Nicki Minaj is in and how she is absolutely crushing it, winning it. She is the hero of free speech that we all should be embracing. My name is James C. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am filling in for the Jesse Kelly Show. A welcome. We are in strange times, my friends. Strange, strange times. Now, I am a first wave generation Xer. I remember when rap music first came around. I remember when you had you had uh, uh, rappers like a, a group called the Sugar Hill Gang, and they're just rapping about eating peas and going out and eating fried chicken and stuff like that. It was fun. Then in around the mid-80s, things took a turn, an ominous turn, and rap went dark, and they were talking about gangs, and they were talking about fights, and they were talking about sexual, not innuendo anymore, you know, not subtle, just going all off into stuff. And that's when I kind of departed. Being a good, you know, young man who just loved Jesus, I couldn't justify it. I just couldn't. <laughs> so I walked away. I was a high school teacher for 10 years. And because of my relationship with my students, I was still kind of had my fingers on the pulse of what was happening in, in popular culture. But never really embraced rap. And even today, I still can't. It's just not. It doesn't reflect my values. As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of it's kind of some of it's kind of fun. I imagine some of it is actually there's just genius uh, with uh, uh, with the with the lyrics. But it's too far out there and too sexualized for my taste. And I imagine the Jesse Kelly show, the Jesse Kelly audience is probably probably in the same boat that I am in, except for maybe his producer, who's a little bit younger. <laughs> OK, he said he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Here's the deal. There is a female rapper out there who is the best thing that ever happened to the freedom movement. You may not have heard of the rapper Nicki Minaj. You may not be familiar with her music. And I'm not telling you to go out and Google her and look it up. Don't don't do that. Trust me, you're not going to be comfortable with what you find. But this woman found herself embroiled in the controversy this week that has dumbfounded and gobsmacked the left. You see, many of us conservatives, uh, we're out there, we're putting stuff on social media and we're getting censored. We're getting kicked off. We even had the president of the United States get kicked off live. Then you have people out there who are oblivious to all of that. They didn't know this kind of censorship is going on. They're doing their thing. They're living their life. Nicki Minaj has 22 million 
Twitter followers, Instagram followers. And they follow her and they look at her pictures and they into her music and she has a rapport with them. She has a rapport with her fans. That is fantastic. It's what you want if you're in that life. She puts out an album, tells them to buy it, they buy it. 22 million. So when Nicki Minaj unwittingly gave some advice to her followers, she didn't know that she had stepped in it. Here's what she tweeted. My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friends got it and, and became impotent. Ooh. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Don't be bullied. Wow. That's sound advice, right? She goes on to say, make sure you do your research. Some people are having to get the shot to be able to keep their job. Go ahead. If that's you, go ahead and keep that job. But you know what? If you got to wear a mask, make sure you wear a double mask. Make sure it's tight to your face. But when it comes to the vaccine, I'm going to have to get vaccine. She said they wanted me to get vaccinated to go to that party. You know, the same party that AOC went to wearing that white dress talking about tax the rich. But I'm not going to get vaxxed just to go to a party. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to do my research. You should, too. And for that, the left went after Nicki Minaj. Yeah. And the first one to come out of the box was none other than MSNBC's Joy Reid. Oh, yeah. Joy Reid on her show, sitting between two Americans of European descent. I knew one of them. His name was Charlie Sykes. He used to be my mentor before he went over to the dark side and became a never Trumper. He's sitting there next to Nixie, Nicki Minaj when Nicki absolutely, I'm sorry, not Nick, sitting next to Joy Reid. When Joy Reid absolutely launched on Nicki Minaj, cut 27. And people like Nicki Minaj, I have to say this. You have a platform, sister, that is 22 million followers. Okay, I have 2 million followers. You have 22 million followers on Twitter. For you to use your platform to encourage our community to not protect themselves and save their lives, my God, sister, you could do better than that. You got that platform. It's, It's a blessing. It's a blessing that you got that, that people listen to you. And they listen to you more than they listen to me. For you to use your platform to put people in the position of dying from a disease they don't have to die from. Oh, my God. As a fan, as a hip hop fan, as somebody who is your fan. I'm so sad that you did that. So sad that you did that, sister. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sister, girl, honey, child. Sister, girl. Oh, you got a platform. Oh, girl, girl, sister, girl, honey, 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 child. She's talking like this on MSNBC. Her panelists who are white men are sitting there all uncomfortable watching sister, girl, honey, child. Go after sister, girl, honey, child. Wow. (laughs) And what was so crazy about it? Is that uh, Joy Reid cherry picked from the tweet? Cherry picked just about the cousin, you know, who had the little, you know, the inflamed problem there, and whose fiance left him. Didn't say anything about 
Nicki Minaj talking about do your homework and pray on it. You see, the left doesn't like when you pray on anything anyway. That thing went viral. And that's when the fun really began. Because Nicki Minaj, well, unlike Joy Reid, she wasn't educated at Harvard. No, she came from the streets of New York. And she worked for everything she had. And you may not like the industry she's in. You may not like what she sings and what she dances to or about. But my goodness, my gosh, you have to respect the fact that on any measure, she is highly successful. And she ain't no punk. She went after Joy Reid in a way that was absolutely vicious. Because it's not my show, I can't even share with you what she tweeted on Joy Reid. It's just too far gone. I'm accustomed to Americans of African descent saying this about conservative Americans of African descent. I mean, as a black American who's a conservative, I've heard everything from the from the Uncle Tom's on down. I can list it for you. But the names that Nicki Minaj came up to call Joy Reid was Epic. Epic. And then she called her out for not doing her research, for not doing home, her homework and only looking at, you know, the, the parts of the tweets that she wanted to use. She said that Joy Reid went after a sister, a black American, because the man told her to. And there may be something to that. Her rant against Reed was so epic it got picked up by wait for it wait for it it got t- picked up by tucker carlson on fox news <laughs> tucker he did his homework tucker he gave the whole tweet and then Nicki minaj found herself tweeting tucker carlson well carlson on his show his audience doesn't know anything about Nikki. He, he he was lifting her up as a as a paragon of freedom. Now, it didn't end there. As a matter of fact, it got worse for Nicki Minaj. It got worse before it got better. You see. With 22 million people following this this Twitter online television spat, the eyes of many people of color began to be opened. And I'm here to tell you that MSNBC, that CNN, and that the White House, they got freaked out. They got paranoid when we return i'm going to tell you how they tried to mitigate how they tried to fix the situation and i'll just tell you right here and right now it didn't work (laughs) this is somebody that we need to embrace for this moment in this time because she is Uh, the outspoken critic of censorship that people are now listening to. My name is James C. Harris, sitting in for The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show. Sister, my God, sister. Oh, my God, sister. Oh, my God. 
You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. We are talking about the epic clash, the war that's going on right now between uh, Nicki Minaj, who is a rapper, who is a performer, female performer, and Joy Reid, the host over at MSNBC. Really, it's not an epic battle anymore. It got off to an epic start when Nicki Minaj tweeted something out and then told her her audience, look, you know what? You do your own research and pray on it before you get the vaccination. She even said it. she's going to get vaccinated. She she said, you know, but a lot of folks are hesitant because they're hearing these stories. Do your homework, pray on to get vaccinated. That wasn't enough for the left. That wasn't enough for for the the people who want total control. You see, what Nicki Minaj learned out there this week is that if you don't toe the line, if you don't say exactly what the left wants you to say, you will be censored. And Nicki Minaj is just not used to that type of behavior. And and, and she told the story about her cousin. And I want to tell you that the media and that the administration, the the establishment went through great lengths to show that uh, Nicki Minaj was wrong. They even contacted the minister of health down in Trinidad. (laughs) Can you track down the story about Nicki Minaj, uh, a cousin's friend? He was kind of annoyed when he made the announcement. We were not able to find it. This is a waste of my time. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? You mean to tell me that the, the the minister, the health minister in Trinidad really went on television worldwide to say that Nicki Minaj was wrong? Nicki didn't care. Even the cats over at the Breakfast Club, uh, Americans of African descent, the Breakfast Club, a uh, number one uh, morning talk show out of New York. They were disappointed that, the, you know, these two black women were going to each other. Nicki Minaj didn't care. Why? Because Joy Reid drew first blood. <laughs> Nicki Minaj did not let up. And all week long, she did something spectacular. She went into Joy Reid's old tweets, found out, you know, she was in trouble for some homophobic tweets. She brought that up. She went deeper into the tweets and found a series of tweets by Joy Reid where she admits that she was skeptical. She was COVID vaccine skeptical. Why? Because it came out under Donald Trump. That tweet that she brought up that showed Joy Reid complaining about the vaccination, saying she would never trust the vaccination because it came from the Trump administration and it came from the Trump CDC. She would never do it. She just couldn't bring herself to do it. Then all of a sudden when Biden gets over uh, uh, elected, she flips on a dime. Nicki Minaj called her out to the point where three days ago, Joy Reid when went on her show and started to backpedal and tried to defend the fact that she, you know, yeah, she used to be anti-vax, but that was under Trump. Joy Reid cut 28. So there's a lot of anger out there. What disturbs me are those who care nothing about black communities and who mm-hmm. are actually hostile to our interests. Mm-hmm. White nationalist, curious Twitter bugs and mm-hmm. chatter bugs right. like Tuckums and Marjorie Tuckum. Green and Candace oh. Owens who oh. left out to try to scoop up Nikki and put her on their team. Stop the tape. The Stop the tape. Stop. Ooh, she's mad at Tucker. 
She's mad at Candace Owen, who is an American of African descent and, you know, brilliant uh, spokesperson on behalf of the right. You, what? Where, where did Marjorie Green come from? Oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to throw all of these Trump supporters, so-called, under the bus. You're trying to put this on Trump's back. You're trying to put this on, you know, on conservatism. Ooh, Nicki Minaj just whooped your assets. And this is the best you can do? You got to go on the air and blame Trump? <laughs> Joy Reid. Marjorie Green and Candace Owens, who leapt out to try to scoop up Nikki and put her on their team. These are the same Republicans and Republican talkers who've been working overtime to try to put vaccine refusal on black people's shoulders, to try to morph vaccine mandates into some airborne blah, blah. virus version of 1950s. Take her down, take her down, take her down. It was like four or five minutes of this. Four or five minutes of Joy Reid talking about, you know, uh, she was justified to be anti-vax because it was Trump and Trump is orange man bad and yada bing boom. It didn't work. Three days later, she's still trying to bury herself and, you know, out of that or dig herself out of that hole. As a matter of fact, even the international press has picked it up. The Daily Mail. I was hesitant when Trump was controlling the CDC. <laughs> but I'm happy now that Biden is a, that's so shallow and it proves Nicki Minaj's point. Now, she still hasn't stopped. What's amazing is Nicki Minaj has been reached out to. Oh, 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 yeah. You can't let someone with this type of following influence, negatively influence your plans. You can't do that. This even got so ridiculous that you had Jen Psaki over there talking about the White House reaching out to Nicki Minaj. Cut 29. Well, first, we don't see this as a point of tension or disagreement. I, I mm -hmm. want you all to know that we engage all the time with uh, people who have big public platforms or profiles. Some of them we talk about. Some of them are here. Some of them you don't even know about because right. they're just looking right. for questions to be answered. Right. Uh, we offered a call. Uh, with Nicki mm -hmm. Minaj uh, and one of our doctors to answer questions well, she had doctors, about the, the safety and effectiveness right. of the vaccine. Uh, this is pretty standard and something we do all the time. It was a right. very early stage call at a staff level, staff to staff. Um, and we weren't even at the point of discussing, or we're not even at the point of discussing, I should say at this point, um, the mechanisms or the format or anything along those lines. It was simply an offer to have a conversation right. and uh, an early stage call. Isn't that something? Her people got a hold of their people. I should say their people, the White House got a hold of her people. And they're trying to set up time so she could talk to a doctor to get all of her, her questions answered. <laughs> the White House wasn't the only group that reached out. Oh, wait till you hear what's happening in the news industry. And stay tuned because I'm going to let you hear Nicki Minaj speak. My name is James T. Harris. I am out of Phoenix, Arizona. Happy to be sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. 
I am James T. Harris. I am a, I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm sorry I'm laughing because uh, Jesse Kelly's producer and I were just taking a little stroll down memory lane. He said when he was growing up, he listened to the Sugar Hill Game, but he gave me some lyrics that, that were not in the original. Let me just put it like that. Was not for everyone. And sort of sexed up a little bit. No, 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 no. That wasn't the original stuff. The original stuff was really creative, really fun, came out of New York City. Yeah. When I grew up, the most controversial thing I did was I, I got my mom to go to the store and buy me the Isaac Hayes album, Shaft. Who's that bad mother? Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft. I mean it too. My father found that album my father smashed that album in front of me and gave my mother a look. Where did you get, why did you get this from? My mom was so bad. I remember that. I put my mom in that tough spot. She didn't know what she was buying. <laughs> now, you compare the music today, the rap today, the soul music today, good God almighty. And yet, we have a rapper out there, Nicki Minaj, who's into all of that. I do not um, advise you to uh, to, to you know, go and look into that. I, I, I'm pretty much convinced that it will offend your sensibilities. And yet, in this fallen world, and with the sense of humor from God, this woman is the beacon of free speech. This woman doesn't notice she's supposed to be intimidated. This woman doesn't know she's supposed to be afraid. Nicki Minaj, you, you, you had the White House, White House reach out to her. You also had none other than Don Lemon. Don Lemon. A man that President Trump said was the dumbest man on TV. He uh, offered to, to, to reach out to Nicki Minaj as well. He offered to some get some some vaccine, some education. Don Lemon, cut 30. We have with others, we offered a call with Nicki Minaj and one of our doctors <laughs> to answer questions that she has about safety, the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. And that's a lesson in how to reach people uh -huh. with facts. Right. Not with social media fights. No. Not with name calling. See. Like I said, facts first. In this environment, we need people to step up, right? Okay. You, why, why are you doing the story about Nicki Minaj? That, that, Nicki Minaj enough. has a huge following. Yeah, she has a huge following. And that's why they got to reach out to her. She has a huge following. Why are you doing a story about Nicki Minaj? She has a huge following. This is my point. She has a huge following, and they have to bring her back to the plantation. She has to toe the line. Because if they lose Mickey, Nicki Minaj, if people are allowed to question, if they're inspired to do so by Nicki Minaj, the Democrat Party will lose. This is why I'm telling you this is somebody you need to keep your eyes on. They did the same thing to Kanye. Remember Kanye West? He's a rapper. He was close to President Trump. They literally destroyed him because of that. But he's still outspoken. I don't think they're going to be as successful with Nicki Minaj because she's on the game and she is fierce. If I have time, I'm going to tell you about a story when I was on uh, CNN, when I was young and naive in politics and radio back in 2008, I went on the show with Don Lemon. Oh, yes. 
I that's when I first learned it. If you are a person of color and you are a conservative and you are outspoken and you strike a chord nationally, they're going to have to crush you. And Don Lemon did just that. He was sort of like um, uh, Joy Reid. Sister girl, honey child, come on, sister girl. Sister girl, honey, sister, you're going to use your platform like that. Sis. Don Lemon, brother, please, come on, brother, brother. You really going to vote for, for uh, Senator John McCain over Barack Obama, brother, brother? <laughs> it happened. It happened. And then, and then I, I was like embarrassed. I was humiliated. I went back onto the show because the ratings were so good because they were beating up a brother. You know, it had a black person that was supporting the white man over the black. I went back, but next time I was armed and I opened up a can of whoop asses on Don Lemon. It was beautiful. He went to commercial. Nicki Minaj, because of her profile and because of her, her stature, and because she's so new to this and she doesn't know that she's supposed to be politically correct, she struck back and she struck back hard. She actually was tuned into the Chinese cancel culture. Minaj cut 24. Can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your spine, this is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. We we can we ask a bunch of questions about about the most simple thing. Oh, how that how that glue work? Do that glue do that do that glue really um keep the wig down for how many hours? Oh, cause if I go in the pool and if I sweat it off and how that, but you can't just innocently ask a question about something going in your body do y'all realize that i remember going to china and they were telling us you know be, you cannot speak out against um you know the the people in power there etc and i remember all of us thinking oh, okay well you know we understand and we respect the the laws here and and you know that it's so different where we live but don't y'all see what's happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time where people will turn their back on you? I'm not agreeing, but people will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question. I'm telling you, 22 million people heard that. 22, 22 million people are now aware that we have Chinese-style communism control in the United States of America. The White House can reach out. Don Lemon can reach out. It doesn't matter. This woman belongs to herself, and she sees the danger of being silent. And here's what's crazy. She didn't say anything that they should be disagreeing with. She's pro-vax. She just wants to ask questions. Questions are not allowed in the Biden regime. But Nicki Minaj will not be cowed. And she went a step further. She wants people to understand where we are as a, as a nation. Cut 26. 80% of the artists that y'all following right now feel like I feel about the vaccine. 
and are too afraid to speak on it. And guess what they're doing right now? If they assassinate me and assassinate my character and make me look crazy or stupid, guess what? No one else will ever ask questions again. Don't you see what's happening? She is on point. She's not allowed to ask questions. They went after her for for retweeting Tucker Carlson. And her response was, oh, wait a minute, Tucker Carlson. Um, uh, what? I'm not allowed to speak to somebody who has a different political philosophy than I know. Well, when, when, when did that happen? When did that start being OK? She doesn't know. Or maybe she does. Her error was simply the audacity to question the vaccine's narrative and encourage people to make their own decision. And look how they have come after this woman. But she is not bowing. She is not folding. This is a beautiful thing. In the next segment, I'll show you where we are as a country and why we need more Nicki Minaj. My name is James C. Harris. Filling in for the Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly returns next. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on my Facebook page at James T. Harris Media. We're talking about our society, how it's changed, how it is divided. And make no mistake about it, this is uh, what the Democrats want. The Democrats, they're, they've always been about division. The socialists amongst them. Oh, they want to divide us on sexual orientation. They want to divide us on race. They're finding different reasons to divide us, but they struck a chord with these vaccine mandates. It's, it's amazing how quickly Americans just are willing to to embrace this, but it's because the media is hammering away at it all of the time. We know that the news agencies are not really news. We know that they are propaganda. We even know that CNN is losing a lot of uh, their viewership. But I want to throw up another example here for you. You got Don Lemon. Don Lemon is saying, you know what? Enough of this. We need to shame the anti-vaxxers. We need to shame them into compliance. Cut 31. And so I think we have to stop coddling people when it comes to this and the vaccine saying, oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. The people who aided and abetted Trump are stupid because they believed his big lie. The people who are not getting vaccines who are believing the lies on the internet instead of science, it's time to start shaming them. What else? Or leave them behind. Because they are keeping the majority of Americans behind. You didn't feel that way about the polio vaccine. You don't feel that way about measles, mumps, rubella when it comes to your children, and all of a sudden this vaccine is different. What's different about it? The only different thing about it is because of your politics today. We need to shame them or leave them behind. Either they comply or they get left behind. This is one American talking about other Americans. They're ushering in, not even separate, but equal. They're, they're ushering in, you know, you comply or separate. They're bringing back segregation. 
the segregation of the South. It's the same party. It doesn't make a difference that Don Lemon is an American of African descent. He's a Democrat. He's a liberal. It's about the ideology. It's about power. It's about control. And it's having an impact. Here's an Iowa teacher, I should say an Iowa school board member, who's pushing back. You know, parents want to have the option of whether or not their child wears a mask to school. This liberal on the Iowa school board doesn't like it at all. Listen to this crazed woman. Cut 23. Did you hear about the federal court ruling today in Iowa? No. We can do mask mandates now. Local control has been restored. And the judge references two affidavits written by Iowa school board members in the federal court case that was filed from the ACLU. And guess who one of the board members is? Is it you? Go bad, go bad, go bad, go bad. Go bad itch. She's celebrating and calling herself an itch because she now has the power to mask children to send them to school. This is what the left is all about. And you don't think we're headed to a, a divided society? And you don't think that the left is proud of that? Oh, the same Southern Democrats back in the 1950s and 60s that fought civil rights that showed up at the lunch counter to pour flour over black people's head that did not want to desegregate, that want to segregate. Check out this black family that was in a restaurant out in New York City. They had a religious exemption because in New York City, you have to show your papers in order to go to restaurants and eat. You have to show your vaccine papers, your vaccine passport. This family didn't have one. This is what happened. Cut 13. Refusing to serve us? Are you refusing to serve us? So you so you're going to enforce segregation because we just told you that we're religiously exempt. I never told you any of that. I I would never tell you that. I would never say that. I would never say that. We don't have to leave. I if you have the flyer, you have the flyer that you're supposed to put into your your window, right? Okay, go and read it. Go and read it. Go and read it, and and you tell me we're not leaving. Well, I'm not leaving. You guys can leave. I'm not leaving. Everybody in here is okay with that? Everybody's in here okay with with, with setting up setting segregation in society? Everybody's okay with that? Oh, we don't have our vaccine card, so now the kids can't eat. We can't eat. You guys are okay with that? This is the America you want to live in? Is this the America you want to live in? This is America, and in America, everybody can eat. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Is this the America you want to live in? And the patrons in the restaurant said, yes. Is this the America you want to live in? And more of them said, yes. They want to live in a segregated America. Lines drawn, arbitrary lines drawn on the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. They believe the lies of the CDC. They believed the lives of Dr. Anthony Fauci and of President Joe Biden. That is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Propaganda is powerful. And that's what our battle is against. 
Now, this guy, his video would have went viral if he hadn't lost his mind halfway through and started dropping F-bombs. But I understand his sentiment. I understand his frustration. What's crazy to me is the people in the restaurant couldn't. They were so far removed from real segregation. They were so far removed from racism. The true racism in our country, the systemic racism brought to you by the Democrat Party, that when it was sitting there in their face, they couldn't see it. You know, the question has been asked in the past. If you were in Germany in the 1930s, would you have gone along with uh, the programs that were brought to you by Hitler? Well, if you're capitulating to these mask mandates and the vax mandates today, you have the answer to your question. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. My show is called The Conservative Circus. You can find it if you download the free iHeartRadio app. Be sure also to check out my podcast, Color Commentary with James T. Harris. Follow me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media. Yes, selfless promotion. Have a fantastic weekend. This is James C. Harris filling in for The Jesse Kelly Show.